Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo, uh, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's happening? Oh, not a whole lot. Spring is even more here. Um, I almost for a minute uh, got excited because I thought we were reviewing Game of Thrones season or season eight, episode three. And I was like, oh, wait, no, I've got three more days for that. So, so great. Uh, Life is so great in comparison to, to too soon. <laughs> Yeah. yeah right. Well, it's just it's just like I don't I haven't been in this. I think I was more excited, or I am more excited for this than I was the premiere. You know, because it's just like yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, that uh, reminds me. Saturday, I I looked for the feed and it wasn't available yet. So I spent about an hour trying to find the episode, even though it was a day early. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what the shit? I'm good at sleuthing. Yeah. So well, the, when you get to be 40 years old, there's less and less things that really get you fucking excited like a little kid, you know? So right. it's like right now is kind of one of those moments. Yeah. So the other uh, voice you're hearing is, of course, our recurring uh, guest host, Peter Douche. Peter, what's happening? Hey, how you doing? Yeah, not bad. Although that's apparently you're, you may be due for a name change, I'm, I'm hearing. Yeah, I got to put some thinking into that one because... Uh, out of the spirit of unity, I'm going to give up the Peter Douche title while Peter Dow is semi-sane. Yeah, I saw you unblocked you. That was that was a pretty that that was a, that felt like a moment in Twitter, you know, for right. whatever. <laughs> it was, yeah, I don't think it's going to last. I don't, I don't. I mean, I said something nice and supportive to him, and immediately blocked me because he blocks anyone who has a any kind of like actual left wing <laughs> regalia in their handle. So we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, old old habits die hard, and he's yeah. he, even if he means well, he's not going to have open discussions about how shitty candidates are. No, and you know it's interesting he uh, he doesn't seem to be super on board for Biden, which I which I actually you know uh, he he seems to be better than most of the hacks from twenty sixteen, but I mean you know again low bar, right? <laughs> yeah, if I had we'll to lean one about. way or another, I I think he's he's in it for Warren. Yeah, which and I, we'll we'll talk about Warren when we talk about the town halls. She's actually uh, done a lot to impress me, and she's not somebody I typically have praise for because I think she has horrible political instincts. But she seems to not be uh, get, well. Well, yeah, I'll save it for the town hall talk. But um, yeah, so why don't we just get right into it? Um, because uh, Joe Biden announced today. And uh, inevitably, you know, we were waiting on this for a long time. And so, you know, I, <laughs> he managed to to totally bungle this. But I, I just want you, your guys' initial thoughts about about his announcement. And then I'll, I'll talk about a couple of ways that he bungled it pretty uh, significantly. Well, I mean, you know, the, the earlier he announces, the, the faster he's going to sink. Um, he's been called the front runner. Uh, for the last, you know, what, four or five months now, even though he, he you know, but these, these people that have been championing the, you know, moderation centrism uh, have very conveniently forgotten that the most he ever got the last three times he ran was between 0.3% and 4% of the vote. Right. So they, it's just like the automatically because he was vice president, they think he can actually run a campaign. He's fucking terrible <laughs> at running campaigns. Yeah. He's, He's so... Awful bad at just messaging and framing it doesn't inspire anybody it's just it's fucking awful so right off the bat (laughs) uh, 
there was a really funny article. I think it was in Politico about how how chaotic this announcement was. Now they're just doing everything at the last minute. Nobody knows what the fuck is going on. Um, you know, he initially was going to announce on Wednesday, but it would have been a typical Biden move because they had this this big Chi the People forum, which was a fucking shit show debacle. Well, I'm sure we'll chat about that later. But um, so everyone was like, well, hey, don't step on the first ever all women, all women's, uh, you know, presidential forum by announcing your campaign on the same day. So they pushed it back a day till today. And they were talking about doing it either on the Rocky <clears throat> steps in Philadelphia so he could like equate himself with Rocky, you know, like the, the oh film's most sig- <laughs> film's most significant underdog. Cause that's totally who you think of when you think of Joe Biden, mega millionaire, ex vice president, been in Washington for 50 fucking years. God, I, uh, yeah, done that. I know it would have been hilarious. And, and his other idea, uh, which, you know, if you saw his launch video, you could see the seeds of that same speech was to do it in Charlottesville, Virginia, you know, the site of, uh, Heather Heyer's murder at the hands of a Nazi, you know, piece of shit. Um, so I guess he decided against doing a live speech because he was worried about the optics or who fucking knows why, but he ended up doing a video announcement, which is uh, a great sign for your support when you don't even do a live rally to announce you're running for you're president. You're so gaff prone. You can't be on a hot mic. <laughs> Basically. Um, so that was the number one thing where it was like, wow, okay, they, they fucking botched this pretty bad. But, uh, so, you know, everyone was saying, Hey, you know, Biden really needs to account for his role in the Anita Hill hearings that he let them run all over her and ask her horrible questions. And he really, he was the president of the Senate at the time. So he allowed that process to go forward. He didn't allow the Democrats to call a bunch of witnesses that could have corroborated her story. I mean, he he fucking railroaded her. Uh, so everyone was saying, hey, you know, you need to account for your treatment of Anita Hill. So Joe Biden called Anita Hill today before he announced the day of his fucking announcement. He's been knowing he's going to run for four years. This has been 30 plus years, whatever, however long it's been since the Anita Hill hearings. He fucking calls her today. Probably because someone's like, hey, you should probably do this like five minutes before the video went live. And then she says, uh, according to this article, Anita Hill says she's unsatisfied with her talk with Joe Biden and won't call it an apology because he basically called her and like did that. I'm sorry you were. He said he's sorry he upset people, but he won't apologize for his intentions. Anita, for anything he's ever done. I want to give you a call and let you know I'm announcing my campaigning today and just really meant a lot to me to tell you that i'm not sorry <laughs> he's such a piece of shit man like it, it's no. just unbelievable how stupid he is but it but it's still again you see still the fucking centrist morons supporting him and defending you know that and then there was another thing but even, even with the, i'm sorry but just you know forgetting about about all that i mean just how he handled the shouldn't you know by now to just issue a full apology <laughs> like it's not it's not rocket science that he's going to come back and, and call her in a week. So which just shows you the person he is. He doesn't give a fuck. Like he said, I'm not sorry for anything I've ever done. I'm sorry for the way people have taken it was, was like almost his exact quote. And it's like, no, he doesn't give a fuck. He's like, that's the person we want to run the, the, you know, the white house, somebody who doesn't take any kind of fucking responsibility for his failures. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. Well, again, Trump, it's just I mean, it's exactly. It's like liberals aren't opposed to Trump. They just don't like that he embraces it so you know uh, haughtily. 
Biden pretty much embraces it too, you know. Um, but they've, you know, they've they've been the, the the mainstream media has been calling him this this front runner forever, even though he hasn't been running because they're terrified of showing what the real polls show with Bernie, right? So they always want to try to like you know take down Bernie's poll numbers by pretending that Joe is running all this time. Well, I, I stumbled across a, a uh, MSN.com poll today embedded at the bottom of an article. And I was like, Oh, this is kind of, and I didn't see it shared anywhere. It was just, it was in this article. And uh, the, the question was, do you believe that Joe Biden's presidential campaign will unite or divide Democrats? And keep in mind, this is MSN.com. The news you get when you open up a blank tab in Internet Explorer, <laughs> right? AKA okay, so Joe like, Biden's key demographic. Exactly. It's like, how do you get on the Internet? Oh, I just click the E on my computer <laughs> and that's how I get the Internet. Uh, you know, E for Internet. Um, so I, I, I clicked on the poll and it was uh, 7% had no opinion and 22% said it will have no impact, which is kind of the same as having no opinion. Uh, 31% said it would unite the party. 40% said it would divide the Democratic Party out of 1,972 responders. So <laughs> if that's yeah. the front runner that we've all been told is, you know, here to take on Trump, like, that's that's a big fucking problem. See, we knew his numbers were bullshit. I mean, it, it's like we, we knew that he's a paper tiger. All these numbers are totally you know, falsified and, and inflated by, you know, by polling method and things like that. He's going to fucking, I say he's going to sink, but I mean, he was he's really never been the front runner. Like it's, it's such a, such a misnomer to even call him a front runner. Um, you know, it's, it's preposterous, but he, in his announcement video, he, he basically framed it around Charlottesville and the president's response to Charlottesville. Um, cause yeah, you know, Joe Biden, big supporter of Antifa. Um, but he he so he mentioned he didn't mention heather higher by name but he framed it around her death essentially so there was another article today from the daily beast joe biden did not tell heather higher's mother that he would be invoking her daughter's murder in his campaign launch video i wasn't surprised she told tim teeman most people do that sort of thing they capitalize on whatever situation's handy yeah so yeah he he didn't even fucking tell her that he was going to use her daughter as a prop for his fucking campaign speech Right. Imagine if Bernie had done that, you know, because she, her, oh God, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. But the it's media just is the total double the, standards. The contrast between him and Bernie, it's just, it's, it's even better when when Biden starts getting in front of the cameras, you know. Well, oh yeah. yeah, he's his own worst enemy. He's, I mean, he's all Biden does, He's only going to help Bernie, absolutely. Yeah, he does everything that even MSNBC has been saying you can't do for a year. You can't come out and just be against Trump, and that's literally Biden's campaign launch. Well, his video is three and a half minutes. I didn't even rip the audio from it because it's so just fucking mind-numbingly stupid and and you know non-substantive bullshit. But he doesn't name forget forget even policy. He doesn't even name a specific aim. Like he doesn't say like we're going to ensure health. He doesn't mention any fucking single piece of policy. The only thing he says is essentially return America to normalcy. He, he calls the Trump presidency an aberration. <laughs> He's Make framing. America norm- normal again. <laughs> he literally, I mean, somebody asked him today. He essentially said something along the lines of bring America back to the uh, to to the way it was or to that you know to its greatness. Make something America something ungrate. to that effect. It's basically like he basically is the MAGA president, you know, for the Democrats. Like he just does not. He's framing this whole campaign around America was totally fine four years ago. 
everything that's wrong with America is Trump's fault. If we get rid of Trump, it will be perfectly fine. I don't need to propose a single piece of policy. Right. <laughs> like that's that's his just, whole fucking campaign. I just got the image of of that uh, Instagram picture in my head and just started. So I, you sure you, sh- you tweeted it out today where it's like on his, his uh, Joe Biden's new campaign <laughs> Instagram account. There was like a threefold. Like the first three tweets are like you know kind of form the name Biden. Um, and the the third picture is Biden and Obama in the White House, and Obama's like partially covered by a giant letter N. <laughs> like, what the, who the fuck is your graphics team? Stupidest fucking people alive. This is why I, I said I was saying to you earlier, like this is going to be the f- most fun ten months uh, in electoral history until he right. drops out because they're just so fucking stupid and gaff prone. Yeah, so basically, like they're trying to make biden across like his instagram you know home home feed where it was like bi in the first picture uh de in the second picture and n in the third picture and the third picture happened to be obama on the left biden on the right and the n is this giant n across barack obama's chest so if you click on that picture all it is is joe biden standing next to barack obama with a giant n on his chest it's like did nobody fucking think this through? Nobody. Yeah, that's some guy had to make that graphic. Exactly. You know, it's almost like like Trump meme level. You know, like his no, level really of, of trolling Joe Biden in in video. So yeah, I mean, it's going to be phenomenal to watch how much better of a job at, at trolling Joe Biden, Joe Biden does than even Trump's people. <laughs> I actually have, I, I think we have Biden's uh, slogan, his campaign slogan. I think I have some audio of it, actually. And so the younger generation now tells me how tough things are. Give me a break. No, no. I have no empathy. That's it. Yeah, yep. so That's pretty- everybody Biden 2020. Was, could have possibly gone and knocked on doors between the ages of, say, 18 and 30 uh, has heard that clip, by the way. <laughs> Yes, just yes, the biggest voting block true. in 2020. Yep, just the, the the single largest voting block in the entire electorate. The um, most impassioned volunteers with the most amount of you know ground game energy to make calls and knock on doors. Just give me a break. You got you got you kids got it too easy. Well, who's who is yeah. going to be his his ground game? Well, I was gonna, and be you know, it, it's funny because he says give me a break. You know, that people have it tough now. Huh? The party people are still going to be behind Kamala. Yeah, no, of course. And so, you know, Biden says, uh, you know, give me a break. Everyone has it so tough now. I just want to remind people of some of Biden's uh, votes and bills that he uh, sponsored and wrote. Uh, So in 1991, of course, he he allowed Anita Hill to be run all over by that uh, Senate uh, hearing. Uh, 1994, he wrote the crime bill, which is the one thing that people are citing uh, against Bernie when when people when people are like criticizing Biden and has mentioned oh well, we voted for Biden's crime bill yeah did you see his impassioned uh, arguments against provisions of the crime bill like he he said in his arguments back in 1994 the only reason I'm voting for this is because it contains the Violence Against Women Act and I feel like that's a very th- th- that's a very important thing to reauthorize but and he essentially laid out why every other provision of the crime bill is disastrous you know perfectly. Uh, forecasting what was to come based on Biden's shitty crime bill. Uh, 1995, wrote the uh, Omnibus Counterterrorism Act, which later morphed into the Patriot Act. So he wrote the bones of the Patriot Act all the way back in 1995. 1996, voted against gay marriage. 1999, uh, voted to repeal Glass-Steagall. 2001, voted for the Patriot Act. Well, of course, it was his own act, so why not? Um, 
2002, voted for the Iraq War. 2005, voted to end bankruptcy protections for students. 2018, presents George W. Bush with the Liberty Medal. But, you know, and NAFTA. give me NAFTA a break. Too. I have no empathy whatsoever. So this is the guy that's supposed to unite the party, right? The people we've been told all this time is the front runner by people in the media who, you know, uh, they have no fucking objectivity, right? And, and I ran across a little bit of writing today that I thought actually was pretty accurate. Uh, and I just wanted to read that real quick here, um, if I may. Uh, so it, it, this, this it's like two paragraphs, basically. The argument for Joe Biden's nomination seems to be the one least likely to excite Democratic voters. He's old and white, and his nomination is a decent enough accommodation to Republican political enemies who are backward looking. Uh, this is a problem because two different large cohorts of Democrats want to move forward in different ways. An upwardly mobile section of woke progressives want to triumph in the cultural arena, not just accommodate. And a more socialist influence core wants to move on from the Clinton and Obama policies they detest as half measures. Biden is now so aged in politics that he partially belongs to history. And of course, having been around so long, he was frequently on the wrong side of it, at least by progressive sensibilities. So that that sounds like maybe it's kind of like, like something like an analysis from say Jacobin magazine, right? Uh, yeah. turn, turns out not so much. This was from the National Review. Oh wow, William F. Buckley's <laughs> magazine. Yeah. So this is the yeah. conservative analysis of Joe Biden and what Joe Biden means to progressives and socialists, which was pretty much nail on the head. <laughs> so, even they can fucking see through that shit. Uh, yeah, pretty, uh, yeah. They're better at analyzing the left than liberals are at analyzing the left. Just to just to give people a sense of how much of a fucking egomaniac Joe Biden is and why he's running uh, this race, there there was a quote from a recent political article. I get calls from people all over the world. World leaders are calling me, and they're almost begging me to do this to save the country, save the world. Biden said, "That's what a fucking megalomaniac he is. He thinks he's he thinks he's basically ordained to come in and save the country, save the world." Like that does that not sound like something Donald Trump would say? I mean that that's like a Trump's quote fucking word for oh, word. Oh sure. I go, sure. I get I get I get calls from all these leaders that telling me, you know, you're the only one that could have saved the country, you know, you like it's you know the same it's, fucking what's thing. so funny is, you know, Joe Biden's Catholic, right? And who was it the the Pope invited to the Vatican yep, back in 2015? the socialist Jew <laughs> so, <laughs> when, when Joe Biden's talking about like all the calls he got from all over the world. It's like, who's the guy who is directly connected to God who uh, decided he they wanted a socialist for president and Bernie Sanders. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I know. Uh, and just uh, to leave you with Mike Gravel's uh, great tweet today, uh, Joe Biden is a spineless politician who mouths off about Charlottesville, not necessarily because he's anti-racism. He voted against busing and wrote the crime bill but because he thought it made things too obvious. <laughs> He's all for law and order and safe communities, quote unquote, though. We need him on the debate oh, yeah. stage. Oh, my God. <laughs> that has to happen. I want Mike Ravel on that debate stage so fucking bad. Like, it's just going to be hilarious. Yeah. Well, oh, you've seen the, the trailer for this uh, video or a little sort of mini documentary about these these three young teenagers who were kind of running his online campaign. Oh, Gravel, yeah. I didn't see it now. No, well, I mean, they're they're smart, they're good, like, but they're not that good, which makes me think that a lot of the the actual content from Mike Gravel's 
online presence really is coming from him. And they're just kind of, they're the ones who tweet it out, but they're like, Hey, what do you think about this? And he just tells them and they fucking turn uh-huh. it into, you know, tweet forms. So, well, I mean, he's a really sharp dude. Like when you watch his debates from, from 2008, like he says shit in the same way that, that, you know, th- his tweets are going out now. Like he's a very, he's not afraid to be like, yeah, you're a fucking warmongering piece of shit. Like he's very upfront about all of his, he doesn't have politician yeah, speech. He's an unfiltered amazing. cranky Bernie. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he's like, uh, remember on Key and Peele when, when uh, Key was like Obama's anger translator? Right. He, the, the, Mike Gravel is basically Bernie's anger translator. Yeah. <laughs> like he he could literally just... play that role in the debates for him. That would be amazing. He could. No, James Adomian needs to play Bernie's anger translator. Yeah. <laughs> the guy that the guy with from the yeah. tax returns uh, clip. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, was, <laughs> <laughs> there is no line 13. Jane, call, call, call up the guy who ghost wrote our book and give him a million dollars. I don't want it. I that was well done. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so, uh, uh, you know, uh, it, this is going to be a shit show for Biden, but unfortunately, he's going to siphon off a lot of the support of the superdelegates and the support of the party establishment, yada, yada. It, it's just a question of, is he going to be so unpopular by the time actual people start having to vote that he's not going to be able to stay in the race because he's obviously got the superdelegate vote cinched up if he stays in the race. But if he does not make a strong showing on super Tuesday, which is the first, you know, major round of primaries now, which now includes California, he's not going to be able to sustain a run. Like he, he can't, they're going to try to they're going to try to funnel their votes to whoever is actually, you know, surging, whether it's Buttigieg or whoever. I mean, so, right. I, I, you know, I, I think he's going to end up embarrassing himself, but we'll I don't see. see him getting this is a guy who's run for president three I times. I don't see so. him getting 50 percent of the vote in California. You know, you need to make get 15 oh, percent to no. get to get any delegates. Well, with that many centrists running, nobody even whoever wins is only got to get 20 percent with this many people, honestly. But just the, you know, the. The bullshit MSM running their whole thing is like, oh, Bernie better watch out for Joe Biden right now. And there was an article today. It was like a uh, the 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 line to Joe Biden runs straight through Bernie Sanders. And it's like, who the fuck do they think they're talking about? Like Biden's not going to siphon off voters for Bernie. He's going to divide up the the Klobuchar booty gag fucking Kamala. Exactly. <laughs> a better vote. They're, they're, it, they're it, so well, they're so obsessed with identity and they're such political idiots when it comes to actual policy that that's, they literally think in terms of, well, you know, obviously Bernie has the white male vote and Kamala has the black vote and Buttigieg has the gay vote. They don't think about anything other than what does this person look like? What color are they? What gender are they? Which is why we saw that fucking shit show of a, of a conference yesterday, the she, the people fucking conference, which, which was basically just an excuse for a bunch of fucking centrist, you know, uh, ultra rich, uh, liberal women to get in a room and yell at a bunch of candidates that they don't, yeah. uh, like because they're too far Isn't left. Sponsored I by mean, you know, pretty rowdy podcast. audience too. What's that? Yeah. I'm- I think daily coast was behind that probably. Oh, that, that will, that explains it. I don't know why the fuck Bernie participated. Cause they would have shit on him if he didn't anyway, but it's like, you know, it, it, uh, you 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 agree to part i mean somebody's got to fucking talk to somebody on that team because you agree to participate in a debate or in a uh, panel 
moderated by fucking Joanne Reed. Like, really, guys? I mean, nobody fucking saw this, this uh, you know, uh, ambush coming. Yeah. Well, really, it, just, just the name of it, She the People, it just reminds me of some histrionic person that's like, history? History? What about her story? It's just like, everything has to be... Like you know, like we got to spell women with a Y. It's like, oh God, seriously. Uh, yeah. So it's she, like, the, she, the people. I didn't, I had, no, I didn't hear about it, but I heard they were just yelling shit at Bernie from the audience. Like, but yeah, apparently it was just a small group in the front that got overplayed, and you know they got, of course, a lot of coverage for it. Sure. But yeah, and they're all millionaires, of course. Why would you even go to a thing like that where it's supposed to be a discussion and? interrupt say you're sorry someone yelled say you're sorry to bernie for what for for fucking running a, a decent campaign on on a platform <laughs> of things that actually would have materially benefited women more than hillary clinton would ever dream of supporting yeah essentially well they i think they asked her they asked him something to the effect of like how are you going to heal the divides between uh or, or, or what would you say or what would you do to bring hillary clinton on uh, on board with your campaign something to that effect and essentially some idiot in the crowd was like say you're sorry like to hillary like oh okay i'm sorry yeah he should totally apologize to the fucking hack piece of shit awful politician who couldn't get get fucking 15 people to come to her rallies and he did 41 fucking rallies for her in like 30 days like what yeah but what, he used he used private you know, he jets the, you know so that's that was a big faux pas on his part because he was going to so many yeah, rallies I mean, so quickly he had to. And her campaign has the balls that he was flying on Hillary's him. private jets for free when it turns out he was a millionaire all along. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Nuts. And then and then they fucking and so again, just to prove that these people are totally vapid and have no uh core beliefs whatsoever, they fucking heckle Tulsi Gabbard too. Like they, it wasn't just that they heckled Bernie because he was a guy. First of all, they loved Pete Buttigieg, of course. They loved um, Cory Booker, but no, they—they're a bunch of fucking centrist, you know, well-off fucking liberal hacks, and they just brought these people there to fucking make them look bad in front of a you know internet t- Did uh, audience. Did you see the women's march they, tweet about Tulsi on that? Oh, that was such so, garbage. What? Who so runs they that tweeted account? that Tulsi Gabbard, what, what Tulsi Gabbard, explaining. She was asked a question about how her campaign could help people of color. And the Women's March tweeted out that Tulsi Gabbard didn't use the words people of color in her response once. Like, she's <laughs> she's a person of color. She's literally a person of color, and she laid out a bunch of policies that would disproportionately help right. people of color. You know, yeah. much like Bernie it, does all it, the it, time. The March, like, you, you guys why? remember? You, hang on. Do you guys remember when the Women's March tweeted rest in power to fucking Barbara Bush? And they want to <laughs> they want a hand ring over Tulsi Gabbard, Gabbard, a woman of color, not saying the fucking magic phrase, women of color. Seriously. It, fuck fuck the Women's March. Trash. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, but you know, and again, this this forum is just—it's just such trad. They had people moderating like fucking Joanne Reed, Simone Sanders, who He's worked for Biden. <laughs> you know, we all, we everyone, everyone called Bernie supporters crazy when we were like, she's a fucking mole. She's awful on TV. She's a terrible. She was his national press secretary in 2016. She was a fucking DNC mole from day one. And by the way, I totally forgot about this, but somebody found this in the WikiLeaks. She was passing on information to that Yamiche fucking woman, oh, yeah. that total like Bernie mm-hmm. smear artist woman who was like friends with her. She was passing on info about what their press strategy was going to be going forward, like in the WikiLeaks emails. 
so to the dnc's official you know channel she was sending she was a fucking mole like she's a she, mm-hmm. she was a careerist she had no fucking intentions well, of helping her win we've all she's career sort of, that exact moment sorry and that's probably mm-hmm. why they elevated her because she had some strategy info mm-hmm. yep yeah but you know luckily this time around bernie uh learned his lessons and really was selective with his with his staff you know he's got brianna uh uh gray doing his press press secretary stuff now she's a lot better uh she's also doing his podcast which has been great so far he's got a lot of uh well she's got a lot of great people on he's not on every episode but he's been on before she's had a lot of good people around the campaign surrogates and stuff like that talking about important issues that the campaign focuses on uh so i i I feel a lot more confident about his campaign staff this time around but yeah you know you can't trust anyone from the fucking democratic party i mean i think he he learned his lesson on that one uh going forward yeah we were sort of joking last week or a week before that that the you know what the what the loyalty pledge or the test the uh for the the new staff was and whether it was um you know questioning when they first bought their first copy of uh, the Communist Manifesto by Karl Marx. But, uh, yeah, oh, it, it's, it's, you know, if somebody defected from Hillary's campaign or, or Biden's campaign to go work for Bernie, how that would play in the media, that's all they talk about for a week is, is you know, Bernie's sneaky spies uh, mm-hmm. dividing the party and, and stealing secrets and everything. And it's like, it happens to him and it's like, oh, the, no, we're not going to talk about that in the fucking media. We're not going to talk about that. in the news. Yeah. Well, it's just like Bernie going on Fox News uh, debate there. And then, you know, all the shit libs give him cra- crap for it. And then Buttigieg says he's going to do it. And then Klobuchar was, I think, said she's going to do it, too. And she's she's already signed on. It's yeah. just nonsense. I don't give a fuck. Of course. No, so this is the thing. Everyone on the planet or every, you know, criticizes. uh bernie over bullshit like are, are all these shit libs are criticizing bernie over bullshit every other candidate that gets criticized biden Buttigieg, kamala klobuchar it's all based on their substantive policy positions or lack thereof in, in most of their cases they can't smear bernie on that so they have to find issues to pick apart that they know that the majority of americans don't agree with him on because it's a really narrow fucking right like like prisoners voting rights what a fucking obs- not like not that it's not important it totally is but what an obscure issue in the grand scheme of like democratic campaign priorities you know what i mean like and it's like it, that it was so obviously tailored to be like well we know he actually cares about human rights and he's going to give an answer where we can write a bunch of smeary headlines on this so let's put this person front and center with the first question of his entire uh cnn town hall it's so obvious that they're just yeah. trying to fucking smear set it, him up sure. for smears. And, and here's the thing in two months every democratic candidate is going to claim that they've always supported voting rights for prisoners <laughs> you know and it, it's like if you're honestly worried about the amount of people in prison uh, being able to vote that that would sway the vote, then maybe you should look at how many fucking people are in this prison in this country. Maybe we have too many people in fucking prison. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody counted it up. It was like the, the, if you, if the amount of people in America uh, who are in prison is more than the amount of people that live in, I think it was um, Colorado and North or no, it was two smaller states. It was like, like South Dakota and Wyoming put together, you know? And it's like, yeah. really, why don't, why don't all the people in prison have uh, four senators? You know, like, yeah, seriously. 
and so, or I think they actually would have had six senators because they had the same population as like three three Midwestern was it, states. Was it three states? Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so somebody was like uh, the U.S. Pre- you imagine if the U.S. prison population had six senators, how fucking insane that would be. Um, but so uh, you know, they did these five. They did this like mega town hall extravaganza, five hours of fucking town halls. You know, so I, I condolences to anybody that actually watched all five hours of this. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you're, you know, still recovering, but they did. I tapped um, out of Buttigieg, by the way. A bunch of town. I made four hours. I couldn't do it, though. <laughs> that's that's rough. That's <laughs> that, that's a that's that's an accomplishment in and of itself. But uh, so, you know, Bernie's town hall was so obviously set up to create, you know, the most divisive answers imaginable about really fringe issues in the grand scheme of like what people care about in a presidential election cycle. Uh, It was so clear that the questions were pre-selected by CNN to cause maximum harm versus everyone else who got super softball questions as usual. You know, again, Bernie goes on fucking Fox news and gets fairer treatment than he does on CNN twice, you know, two times in a row, which I predict he needs to stop. (laughs) Yeah. And he needs to just stop going on CNN. Honestly, like I know he's trying to reach the shit lib audience and like convert them, you know, through his actual policies, but they're just going to smear you, dude. Like they're not, they don't have your Fox news gave you a much fairer fucking shake than CNN has ever done. Like they did this, this, um, town hall at some like Midwestern university. I forget where it was, what, what it was, but they partnered with Harvard to set up the actual questions. And half the students that asked him questions were these rich fucking like preppy Harvard kids. Like this one, the Harvard centrist uh, society. <laughs> This, yeah, no, this one moron asked him a parody account now by the way so no and and this one this one woman uh, this one uh, you know freshman whatever uh girl was like you know social well, obviously socialism has failed everywhere in the world that it's been tried not true uh so what uh how do you plan to reconcile the fact that all these socialist policies you push for are uh so similar to policies that we see in places like soviet russia and things like that so people looked her up uh Number one, she grew up in a $10 million household. <laughs> Number two, she is a uh, member of the Harvard Undergraduate Centrism Society. Which Not even a joke. sound like it can be fucking real. <laughs> but it is a real organization at Harvard. Uh, and then people dug up from her Twitter a picture of her at a Mitch McConnell book signing. So she actually stood in line and waited to shake oh Mitch McConnell's God. clammy fucking turtle hand. So that's who this moron is. Interest at Harvard is um, pretty well, Republican. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, she grew up in a fucking ten million dollar house, and these are the people where. And and again, this is supposed to represent. Oh, all they do is oh, student at you know. Yeah, okay, great. This is not representative of fucking you know. You you this is you're running for the highest public office in the land. Why the fuck are we not having these presidential town halls at like public colleges and universities? Why aren't we at SUNY fucking Plattsburgh and ask and having these students who are barely affording their $6,000 a semester tuition ask questions because they actually are real fucking people with real world yeah. concerns. And well, I can't imagine Harvard what trust fund interest CNN would have in not talking to those and types well, of people. Well, weren't, weren't the town halls in New Hampshire, I believe, which is where... Which is where Bernie uh, yeah, polls so. like fifty percent. Right, yeah. He gets fifty percent of, the, of the, the votes in the polls, so they couldn't open it up to the public there. No. Yeah. No, yeah. No, that's true. No. And, and so you know, I, I the biggest issue 
to, to me and probably everyone I know is climate change, right? Global warming, ecological destruction. I want a climate change only town hall where there is nothing else asked except for Green New Deal, climate change kind of stuff. And the entire audience is only people that have done direct action against fossil fuel companies. That's it. Yeah. And we'll see who survives up there on that fucking stage. Unfortunately, I don't think that'll ever happen because because the first question will be, hey, do you support fracking? Bernie? No. Tulsi? No. Elizabeth Warren? I'm not sure. Everyone else? Oh, well, you know, it's a bridge energy and we need to have an all the above. No. Get the fuck out of here. They'll hold a town hall on reparations and... uh, you know, voting from prison, the voting from prison town hall. <laughs> yeah. And, and Bernie's one vote on a, on a obscure, you know, yeah. uh, act about suing uh, the manufacturers of gut. Like, yeah, it's just, you know, it, it's just absurd. So I actually have a, a, a sampling here. This is all the questions asked to Bernie in, in the town hall. Somebody compiled like all the questions, not his answers, nice. just the actual questions, you know, in a row. So let's listen to these and, uh, you know, uh, see if you think this is a good representation of what uh, average Joe and Jane voter actually care about. Hi, Senator. Hey, Nick. How are you? Good. (laughs) You have said that you believe that people with felony records should be allowed to vote while in prison. Does this mean that you would support enfranchising people like the Boston Marathon bomber, a convicted terrorist and murderer? So my father's family left Soviet Russia in 1979, fleeing from some of the very same socialist policies that you seem eager to implement in this country. So my question is, how do you rectify your notion of democratic socialism with the failures of socialism in nearly every country that has tried it? You used to argue that you should have government control of the means of capitalism, uh, energy companies, factories, banks. In the 70s. Okay. Um, Your views on reparations have sort of surprised me, especially since one of the messages of your campaign is closing the wealth gap. For black people, the wealth gap stems from the aftermath of slavery, like legal segregation and discrimination. If reparations are not part of your plan to end the wealth gap for black people, what is? Your tax returns recently revealed that you are, in fact, a millionaire. How would you respond to concerns that your financial status undermines your authority as someone who has railed against millionaires and billionaires? What is one thing that you have changed your mind about recently? <laughs> Nothing. I've been consistent for... No, just kidding. You've been an outspoken critic of Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, yep. yet Israel is also one of America's most important allies in the world. Given that Prime Minister Netanyahu just won another term in office, how do you plan to maintain the strong U.S.-Israel relationship despite those critiques? Given the current political climate in this nation that is so polarized, how, what will you do as president to reach across the aisle to compromise with the GOP? Your plan for free college appeals to many students here. One of the methods you propose for funding this initiative would be through raising taxes on the wealthy. Because people with a college education tend to have higher incomes, could this plan eventually hurt us? I don't know about you guys. Uh, that totally seems uh, organic and like uh, something that 19 and 20 year olds yeah, uh, would, would, would like ask a person. I know. <laughs> so it, uh, you want you want to give everyone free college? Uh, don't you think that's going to hurt us in the future since yeah. we're going to be making uh, I, I just started watching. Uh, 
I just started watching that uh, Handmaid's Tale, and woo, that's another kind of crazy <laughs> fucking dystopia. Let me tell you. Um, but there's like the one chick that even though they fucking gouged her eye out, she's like totally down with the whole fucking you know right wing. We kill all the gay people, uh, forcefully impregnate all the women thing, and she's like, oh, what fun! This will, this is gonna be fun, right? And like, it just reminds me of all those kids that are like, <laughs> you know, can't wait to be a, a millionaire and crush poor people and young people and put them into debt just like you know all my everyone else who's my age is a normal person what's the over under on how many of those questions were uh given to them by their parents by their rich fucking parents who are terrified of bernie sanders i would say at least 40 percent. like there's no way those people are at like i genuinely have those thoughts although to be fair harvard's a fucking breeding ground for you know centrist shitheads and cia fucking spooks so it's very possible that that's what they're literally being taught in their yeah. classes there oh well, a- in 2016 absolutely. it was, it was and, a and lot of the, a lot of the questions came from kids of actual strategists and people within the party oh yeah oh, we saw that yeah what, what kind of fucking kid are you where you go to school <laughs> and you're like oh i think school's great i think you know uh, all the the things that are being taught are, are about america are good and just and like what what the fuck kind of little narc are you if that's the kind of kid you grew up as, you know, I grew up around people that were like, fuck authority, fuck school, fuck this country for all the bullshit it's done to everyone else around the world. I want to join a fucking rock band and fucking flip off every fucking parent that ever, you know, just like every, fuck every all that. You know, I mean, not now I like teachers on like a labor issue, but, you know, when you're in a, when you're in a school, you're like, fuck the yeah, class, yeah. you know, just fuck the man. Basically. Yeah. And that's like everyone I know for the most part is still that person who they were as a teenager in, in, in their politics and everything. And just imagine like how the, the kind of kids that would run for student class president and be like, I just, you know, really love the football team. And that's why I'm running for class. Like I would, <laughs> you know, people like that from school. I'm sure you remember sure, the people that were like that from school and how just unfucking sufferable they were to be around. Well, I mean, to be fair, how many of your friends that uh, thought that way had like an infinity pool in their backyard and, and like a waterfall <laughs> that kind of led into it? And, you know, not many they had like a slip and slide. It was broken. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they had to, to get by with like two cars maximum, like, you know, like a bunch of fucking. Yeah. Poor people. Oh, they had lots of cars. Um, they were just all up on cement blocks in their backyard. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, these kids are fucking pathetic. Yeah, they're all they're all obviously plants, or you know, chosen to be yeah as divisive as possible. The first question, just totally out of left field, um, about you know, <clears throat> you said you supporting you support felon reenfranchisement, uh, even for people currently incarcerated. You know, so does that mean you think like you know the Boston Marathon bombers should have a should have a vote from prison? So what do you what do you think the fucking Boston Marathon bomber is going to swing an election? You fucking morons! Do you, I actually looked this up, and it's really hard to f- find good stats on this because we have so many for profit private prisons. But just in federal public uh, prisons, the federal uh, board of prisons uh, statistics as of uh, twenty eighteen. You know how many people are in uh, in jail for uh, nonviolent drug offenses? What the percentage is? Forty five percent of people in jail. Now, there's currently over two million people in jail right now. So you're telling me that the forty five percent of those people in jail for nonviolent drug offenses 
uh, should lose their voting rights. Like that, that's fucking preposterous. Like the, the whole idea and what Bernie was saying is, look, I support voting rights for everybody and you can't qualify it because then where do you draw the line? It's a slippery slope. And what we see when we do that, it's much like means testing, which I talk about on here all the time. Once you allow a window where you say, okay, well, this person can't vote, you know, we can, we can't, so we'll let drug uh, offenses uh, vote but we won't allow like rapists and murderers to vote. Well, what's to stop a Republican uh, legislature from saying, uh, well, you know what? Uh, I think the drug, uh, the drug uh, related crimes uh, also lead to a lot of murder. So we're going to take away that you can't, you, it has to be universal. Otherwise it's well, subject. What to happens if away. the entire population of a prison votes themselves, the new warden, and there's nothing we can do to stop him. <laughs> you know, like, did you think about that? Bernie Socialist Sanders prison? They're just gonna let him out, I guess. I mean, that's 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 the, that's what's gonna happen. They're just gonna let him roam. So you know, th- they- that is one possible legitimate argument against uh, prisoners voting in local elections because you know nobody wants to live by a prison, so they put them out in the middle of a fucking podunk county where there's only 500 people, and the prison population is actually larger than the, the population <laughs> of the county. So like, I, I can see that, but you know, clearly you can do up ballot stuff um, for people. Yeah, national elections for sure. I mean. Yeah. Although that would be super hilarious if they let them vote in local elections, just wreak havoc on the Prison local population of three hundred thousand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. The head of the um, head of the uh, you know the uh, blood or Crips ends up being the the mayor of some county out in Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> be amazing. Um, so here's here's Buttigieg's response to this question. Before we go to the, the audience, one more question: Senator Sanders earlier this evening uh, said he's in favor of felons being able to vote. Uh, even while serving their prison terms. He was asked specifically about people like the Boston Marathon bomber, uh, people convicted of sexual assault, uh, rape, and other things, pedophiles. He said the right to vote is inherent to our democracy, yes, even for terrible people. Senator Kamala Harris just said we should have that conversation. She didn't really answer one way or another. What do you think? Should people convicted of sexual assault of the Boston Marathon bomber, should they be able to vote? While incarcerated? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Uh, I... So brave. I do believe that when you are out, when you have served your sentence, then uh, part of being restored to society is that you are part of the political life of this nation again. And one of the things that needs to be restored is your right to vote. As you know, some states and, and communities do it, some don't. I think we'd be a better country if everybody did it. And frankly, I think the motivations for preventing that kind of reenfranchisement in, in some cases have to do with one side of the aisle noticing that they politically benefit uh, from, from that, and that's got some racial layers too. So that's one of many reasons that I, agree, I believe that uh, reenfranchisement upon release is important, but, but part of the punishment when you, were, uh, when you were convicted of a crime and you're incarcerated is you lo- lose certain rights, you lose your freedom. Uh, and I think during that period, uh, it does not make sense to to have an exception for the right to vote. <laughs> so, but when that when he was giving that answer, the the CNN cameras actually cut to uh, you know everyone applauding, and in the sea of white faces, you see this one black woman like looking around incredulously. It's a really I'm funny. Just, oh yeah, you find it on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 she's looking around like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Because I guarantee she knows people personally in prison. And I guarantee all those little fucking right, rich white fuckers don't know anyone in prison, you know, except for maybe Bernie Madoff. They've got, you know, a, a distant you're, relation <laughs> to. 
you said Reich, which is a Freudian slip, uh, which is pretty uh, accurate. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's called an eggcorn, but, by the way. <laughs> it's the law supply um, and command. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Kamala Harris said, oh, well, you know, we, we should really talk about it. So her uh, shithead press secretary tweeted out after that, this is an informative, thought, uh, thoughtful segment predicated on Kamala Harris saying we need right. a conversation. She, she, she on wanted to have issue. a conversation on every uh, issue. Remar- a remark met with sneers and criticism uh, by elites, largely in the media. But let's be real: would cable uh, without her? Would cable with TV even be talking about the restoration of rights? Her press secretary literally tweeted that after the both town halls. Like the 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 question that Bernie Sanders answered yes, and then because of that, everyone else got asked about it. And the guy's saying, you know, that basically Kamala brought the subject out. Uh, you know, so the press secretary says that, and then literally like. 12 hours later um there's this from wolf blitzer senator kamala harris just clarified her position do i think people that commit murder people who are terrorists should be deprived of their rights yeah i do there has to be some serious consequences for the most extreme types of crimes so she immediately walked back saying that she would want to have a conversation sure. about it well, she, someone had to well, change her mind to for create a wedge know, issue that's, that's what yeah, they do best burning. that's what it's all about obviously right yeah, they're like, don't take Bernie's, don't, don't, don't stand next to Bernie on this. <laughs> you know, you need, you need to l- let him be out on an island because well, uh, it's not playing well. It's, but. it's like because the thing that all the the you know uh, terrorists and bombers are, you know, the the thing that's really going to hurt them the most is be like, oh shit, I can't vote anymore. I'm locked inside this building for 35 <laughs> years, and I could could have dealt with that just fine. You know, work. It's out a great deterrent, but, but I can't vote. Terrorism. God, it got me. God, so murder wasn't yeah. worth it now. It really we we joke about it, but it's a great deterrent to uh, terrorism is to take away people's voting rights. The people terrorists tend to really yeah. you know value their voting rights, especially suicide bombers. Um, yeah. They're super big on their voting rights. So well, if I had if known we, we, it was the ballot or the bullet, I would have chosen the ballot instead of the bullet. <laughs> but so you know, all joking aside, though, this is what is this is what sets Bernie apart from everybody else because he is willing to stand up. For a marginalized community, even if it's not the popular thing, even if it's polling, you know, in in the basement in terms of national support, he is intransigent in a good way. I mean, he cares about people's rights so much that he will take a stance on an issue that is political suicide and not at all something that you're probably going to be able to convince a lot, the majority of Americans to support, at least, you know, initially. <clears throat> But he doesn't give a fuck. He supports it anyway because that's what how he feels. He's not going to take a position that's politically expedient. He's not going to say, "Well, we should have a conversation about it," and then the day after say, "Well, I don't really Which, think that people should have voting rights." Yeah, but, like at that's the end not of the day, who he that is at all. Him. And that's I mean, why it really does. They don't realize people are judging these candidates mostly on their character. To be honest, I mean, they're you know we're judging them on the policy, but Joe CNN viewer is is looking at Bernie and, and they're saying, you know what, he's standing for what he's standing up for. You know, unlike unlike these other people that are, you know, Kamala, yeah. if, you, if you take it from a psychological perspective, she looked like a liar for an entire hour. Yeah. Oh, she didn't answer a single question. She actually straight up lied about she again. She's done this several times. She keeps. And of, and of course, no fucking host ever calls her out on it. She keeps fucking lying about her truancy. Uh, right. Uh, you know, uh, 
at what, what what's the word I'm looking for? Her truancy law that she that she had passed the, about you know locking up the parents of kids who were truant. She keeps saying, "Well, no one actually went to jail." That's not true. Well, at least one person that we know of went to jail because of her fucking truancy law in Orange County, California. She was a de- district attorney of California. Like it's not that she was the mayor of one little fucking town. No, she was the DA of California. She pushed for this. One woman went to jail because she was in the hospital getting treatments for sickle cell anemia and her kid was being truant, wasn't going to school. And that woman got sent to jail because her kid wasn't going to school because she was at the hospital and she couldn't ensure. I mean, she's a fucking liar. She's a fucking piece of shit liar. And you know, it's just like, and nobody fucking calls her out on it. None of these shithead CNN hosts, you know, and of course they pick the most, they pick the absolute friendliest people to everyone's fucking, um, everyone's town hall you know kamala harris gets don lemon a fucking airhead who doesn't know what he's talking about but you know put the black guy with her uh pete Buttigieg gets anderson cooper basically an entertainment reporter who occasionally does things uh bernie sanders gets chris cuomo his absolute uh ideological enemy essentially you know the fucking little brother of andrew cuomo who could not be farther apart from bernie sanders he's basically a joe biden surrogate it's like everything they do is set up to make Bernie look bad and make all these other shitty candidates look good. And it's just so transparent. I don't know why he agrees to keep doing these things, honestly. Cause he knows he can, you know, just well, and I, bounce I, it off of them. Yeah. And to the people that support him, they, he just, he knows that people see the truth in it and they can tell that it's completely biased against him. And he's not going to let him face it. It's he's, he's even, not going to just not show up. Even when he faces unreasonable questions, no, I, he I, answers I in a way not. that, that the crowd will agree with. And that's what happens, you know, whether it's on Fox or CNN. I, I, I agree. I'm just concerned that this is starting to like, what they're trying to do is create as many smears as possible and right. put as many chinks in his armor as they can. And unfortunately I, you know, he does a really good job of diverting away from their shitty, you know, bad faith premises, but some of the shit's going to stick and it's like you're letting them chip away at your lead i mean fox news was so hapless against him you know the the democrats fight way fucking harder than the republicans do because they just don't you know the democrats actually know how to fucking fight him dirty and smear him like the for the republicans he ran circles around like it, it's just it, i don't know i i'm just concerned that he's not doing much to ingratiate himself to that that segment of the of the democratic party base who are shit libs who are just listening to whatever is you know well, that's that's what that's what all the, the kids are supposed to do is is get to their parents right and he knows that yeah. the people watching are are not the people who uh are are like that audience the audience of that town hall are not the people that actually watch cnn the people that will tune in for the cnn are the people that actually support him Right. So, you know, it's I'm not the people who agree with that audience are rich assholes. It's just it's just a fact. And they have the money in the Democratic Mm -hmm. Party. But more and more, they no longer have the votes. You know, they're going to die off. Joe Biden. What was the first the first fundraiser Joe Biden did today after announcing at the home (laughs) of Comcast CEO David Cohen? 
Yeah. I mean, talk about being, uh, having the, the, you know, his finger on the pulse of the working class America. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's so weird that he would do that because Joe, Bor- Joe Biden doesn't support net neutrality. And I, I would think that, you know, since everyone in the fucking country sports net neutrality, Joe Biden would be championing that issue. But it's so, it's, it's a weird coincidence that he doesn't support net neutrality. And his first ever fundraiser is yeah, the and the CEO other ones Comcast, were uh, the wasn't there a, a the Blue Cross guy there too? The, uh, gutting of net neutrality. Yeah, yeah, and, and it was Weird. co-hosted by the the guy who is the head of the biggest anti Medicare for all lobbying group yeah. in Washington D.C. It's it's like he's not even pretending. <laughs> he's very pretending. <laughs> Unbelievable. He he. They wouldn't even say they wouldn't accept corporate PAC donations. The, the one like little fake thing that they did to, well, or they, what they said was they wouldn't take lobbyist money, which literally could mean fucking nothing. Like that doesn't mean anything. You could still take PAC money. Yeah. You can still take super PAC money. Well, like, well, half these people just don't register as lobbyists and then they're <laughs> committing fraud by doing it. And they can just say, Oh, we only took money from people who lobby without being a, a, a registered lobbyist. Yeah, well, I mean, all these CEOs aren't registered lobbyists. They just give him fucking, you know, the maximum they can give him. They can give him some, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars if they give to a super PAC that's not directly affiliated with him. It's like, yeah, no, he, he he's raking in the dough. I'm sure I can't wait to see his uh, like real people donations when that next FEC deadline comes around. It's going to be hilarious. Like he if he gets. He, I wouldn't be shocked if he's like tenth on the list of Democrats for first week, uh, individual small dollar donors. Like you know, oh, you like know, it's, compared to terrible. theirs. Like in, in contrast, that to Bernie, who has more money right now than the DNC and the DCCC combined, and the DSCC, which is the Senate, the, the equivalent of the DCCC in the Senate. He he has more money than all three of the major money branches of the democratic party combined from the most amount of donors. Yeah. And then it turned out that Beto's numbers were a total lie because, uh, 300,000 of that was just money. He donated from one campaign of his to another. Right. So just, that's like, it's like taking money out of your savings account and putting it in your checking account and saying that you just got a donation basically. <laughs> <laughs> and also I think another 300,000 was pledged money, which meant yeah, that it was pledged for the out. general oh, election. I, I bet way more than 300,000 were, was pledged money where you just like, Oh, I'll yeah. donate at some point in the future. Well, that's not a donation. That's a pledge. <laughs> yeah. So he actually finished significantly below Bernie Sanders for first day totals. And by the way, uh, has there been a, a single mention of Beto in the last like three weeks? He's been he's fallen off the face of the earth, both in cable news coverage and in polling. Oh, it, you, you know, know what's hilarious is Cory Booker's still running and nobody knows it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! There's, there's going to be a great Jeopardy category ten years from now. It'll be like 2020 Democratic presidential candidates, and it's just going to be their names, and nobody's going to be able to fucking remember any of them. It's going to be like this person was a senator from Minnesota, and but uh, nobody's going to get it. It'll be like you know Amy Klobuchar, yeah. Jay Inslee, fucking Seth Moulton. Like nobody's going to remember these people. Like it's preposterous. No. Oh, another hilarious one. Eric Swalwell, yeah. uh, a representative from I think California, announced the other yesterday or the other day. He, 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 his big thing is he wants to create a team of rivals. He wants a cabinet full of Democrats and Republicans who are going to argue over the, over the big issues yeah. and come to a consensus. Like that's, that's his big selling point to the American people is I'm going to, I'm going to well, put a bunch from, of fucking Republicans from, on my not far from me in Dublin, which is a uber white bougie neighborhood. 
and that sums his whole campaign up. Yeah, that makes sense. So all of these people have gotten their little like one week of media coverage, and I wonder like what happens once they all have used that up? Do they just is it like musical chairs where you just like the next one gets to? I mean, we we'll have another person announcing every week for the next year probably, but does Beto like get another cycle? Does he just, you know, uh, pay for that? Now he's the one they talk about They'll, every day for a week and then Klobuchar gets it again. Like I, it's just going I honestly on think that will be the case. I mean, that's what they do. You know, Kamala has a few bad weeks. She disappears off the face of the earth and comes back. You know, that's what. Well, you know, they're, they're just pathetic. They're just flail. They're literally falling off a cliff and like grabbing at any branch that they right. can on the way down. And it's, it's, it's Kamala and it's Buttigieg and it's Biden and it's Beto. And it's like anything but Bernie Sanders that like, it's like, there's like a rescue helicopter with a Bernie Sanders ladder being lowered to them. And they're grabbing at every branch that they can. And it's ripping the roots are ripping out of the fucking side of the cliff. And they're like, no, we're not going to grab the extra ladder. But, but I will, we're gonna make it up I will warn own. that like uh, it, it, the general public isn't tuned in yet because i like i sat out at a, a bernie a, well i went to second saturday and put up a, a bench and did the sack for bernie stuff so many people yeah don't even know that bernie's running they're like is bernie running you know people would stop and ask me that and that just shows how how people are not tuned into this yet so they have a lot of time to still reboot these mm-hmm. yeah yeah, and they're gonna try it, and they're gonna try everything they can uh, to make something stick. But uh, I don't see it happening because, you know, right now it's Bernie and Biden neck and neck in the national polls, which we are, always say are oversampling, uh, you know, older older voters. And right. once Biden starts campaigning, which he you know just did today, his number is gonna tank immediately. Watch, I guarantee, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a prediction on this podcast in a month's time. He will be significantly. Uh, under Bernie in national polls, he might even be under Buttigieg. I, I, I'm going to say he's at least five points behind Bernie f- a month from oh, now. Do you, do you remember that? Um, I forget. It was like political. There was some poll um, done back in January, and it was it was like 47 percent Bernie, 25 percent Tulsi, and then everybody else had like between two to four percent off into oblivion. <laughs> You know, and, and that's where yeah, Biden was, even America, even back when they were like, oh, Biden's the front runner. Well, if you actually poll people on the Internet instead of just people at home watching fucking Murder, She Wrote reruns, uh, it turns out <laughs> the people who are actually the most politically active and are going to knock on doors are the people that overwhelmingly fucking support Bernie Sanders and don't give a shit about Joe Biden. I, 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 and Angela Lansbury stands are going to come into your mentions now for uh, besmirching <laughs> hey, Murder, She Wrote. They're going to be knocking on doors. live in a small town and have that many fucking murders happening and you solve all of them. I think she was planning a lot of those murders, if not all of them. Oh, she was definitely the murderer, like in almost all of those. She framed all those fucking people. No, so, um, yeah, so uh, by that poll that you mentioned, by the way, was the Democracy for America internal like straw poll. And Democracy for America is an organization run by Howard Dean. <laughs> so it's not anyone's fucking Jacobin magazine poll. Like, but again, it, yeah. this is, it, you know, when you pull actual Democratic voters, like the base of the party, aka, you know, the the millennial uh, base of the party, which is going to be the biggest voting block in the party this year. They don't fucking like Biden. He's awful. They know he's awful because they have Twitter and Facebook and every other fucking uh, way of seeing his actual voting record and the shit that he says, he's awful. So I, I'm not at all worried about Biden, but 
Um, yeah, well, they had. I speaking of Dean, I just saw him on CNN not too long ago, and they had him on to sort of disparage Biden a little bit. Really? I mean, it was subtle, but you know, like because he's, he's probably it, trying then, to get Buttigieg over the hump. Yeah, well, and his point, you know, and the thing he said was that. You know, it might not be his time, yada, yada, because it's time for youth and millennials and stuff. But what they never make the leap to is that those people support Bernie now. Uh-huh. You know, they, they make it seem like that means you need a young person, not listen to the young people. <laughs> yeah. No, they, well, they, again, they have, they have no concept of anything other than oh. identity and whatever they can stuff into well, their little box and, and that makes them feel better about themselves. What national experience does, does Mayor Pete have? He's the mayor of the fourth largest city in Indiana. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> Like, you know, and look at his. Re- He's never even been a statewide legislator. No. Legislator. It's like this preposterous. And look at his record as mayor. It's fucking terrifying. It's like, oh, how do we, how do we, uh, fucking punish poor people even more? Oh, well, let's find them seven hundred fifty dollars for not cutting their grass uh, until and bulldoze their fucking houses yeah. if they can't get them up to code. Like that's literally Buttigieg what he's known for. Will never get black support. No, oh, he's at zero no, percent among amongst African American voters, according to one poll. Zero percent. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wonder. Wh- seen, but he's the whitest guy I've ever seen. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I wonder why. With answers like, "Oh yeah, no, people who go to prison should just totally lose all their voting rights." Like, yeah, what do you think? You're what, like, he's so clueless. He's so fucking. He's he is such a fucking. He is a, a, a liberal elite wet dream because he is just the yeah. absolute epitome of the fucking Harvard, Yale, Cornell. A stuffy, uh, uh, up to a liberal who loves to think of themselves as super progressive, and oh, I, I care so much about human rights, and I, I support gay marriage and all this stuff. Oh, but do you want to like give some of your millions of dollars to help, uh, you know, fund social programs and all these uh, low income communities? Oh no, of course not. That's uh, that's my money. Like, why would I give the, it? Like, the hilarious part he's, he's was the epitome yeah. of that. Somebody found an essay he wrote in high school in the year two thousand where he completely supports Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Did <laughs> I saw you see that. that? Yeah, Pete Buttigieg, the original Bernie bro. Yeah, when most exactly. of us hadn't even heard of Pete well, Buttigieg, somebody in tweeted out this week that like a mayor should never be president, and I was like, well, that's stupid because you can be a really good fucking mayor's president, like Bernie Sanders was of Burlington, Vermont, where uh, he he and Jane founded the the longest lasting all ages punk venue in U.S. history. It's still around today, so uh, where he ran against a gentrifying billionaire developer that wanted to privatize the waterfront of Burlington. Bernie turned into it into a giant public park with a science museum and bike paths and everything instead opened it called the people's waterfront uh where where bernie also opened up the largest community land trust in north america 2300 units of permanently price controlled housing it's not government housing it's not market housing it's it's basically operated by a nonprofit right so it's it's like one of these perfect solutions to gentrification that no one ever talks about is community land trusts so yeah you can be a fucking mayor and be on point with all like really fucking progressive urban, urban policy you don't have to be mayor pete we're bulldozing down entire neighborhoods of, of people that are poor and black so comrade all those things that you mentioned sound good but on the other hand he does speak farsi so i mean you know <laughs> oh my god but you know anytime he's called out on his mistakes he he has a great answer about learning from them but he's just full of mistakes yeah, and he's fucking super young. He shouldn't have this many gaffes and mistakes as a fucking politician already. It's like his record. Yeah. He he has no record, and his record is awful. Like that's that's such a he he has such a minuscule record. So so people are like, oh well, there's not much to attack him on. 
yet there's a ton to attack him on. He fucking covered up uh, a racist. Uh, there was a racist uh, police scandal in his fucking town, and he fired a bunch of people that tried to expose it, like these people that were trying to leak these tapes of uh, super racist shit that the local PD bomb. was saying. Oh, yeah. So instead of uh, firing the racist because- cops, he fired the black cops trying to expose it. Well done. <laughs> yeah, including the black police chief who he made resign. And again, and then didn't hire anyone of color to replace them. Yeah, he essentially used the fucking like the Harvey Dent argument of like, well, all these convictions would be overturned if the if people knew the tr- if if these tapes came out. It's like, yeah, because they probably were fucking racist convictions. And a lot of them were probably made up bullshit charges to begin with. If you had a bunch of fucking Mark Furman's working in your police department, if, like, if you just let all these framed innocent people out of jail to be able to vote again. We can't let that happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, he's just, he's just fucking pathetic little Eddie Munster looking motherfucker. Yeah. And but I bet he, I bet he ends up beating Kamala in California. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. <laughs> Seriously. What I think slap he, in the face he appealed to be. Californians. I mean, oh, of he's, course he he's, does. He's the bougie elite kind of guy they like. Yeah. No, California and New York voters are the worst fucking Democratic voter. Like people always think like, oh, they're the two most liberal. Yeah, they are the two most liberal cities in America, you know, liberal states in America. But that's not a, that's not what you think it means. Like the the actual base of the Democratic Party is actually in the Midwest, in places like Iowa, and even in in like New England, in places like New Hampshire, Vermont. You know, that's where you, or, you know that's where you get the actual uh, Democratic voters who vote. You know, along labor lines, along uh, you know, are more apt to vote for socialist policies. That's the real heart of the Democratic Party is in. Underserved mm-hmm. areas of that the Democrats well, usually it, view as then you like, got like you know, the New York country. City you know area where it's like you got upper the 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 upper uh, upper East Side Manhattan and then you know you got Staten Island you know I don't see those kind of people voting for socialism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just it's just uh, yeah. Well, um, California is run by Pelosi and Feinstein. Yeah, well, I, I used to guy. think like, oh, well, people in New York and California just don't pay attention. No, they pay attention. They're just really fucking shitty liberals who don't care about yeah, anyone. They, they really want to be economic pro- Republicans. Yeah, they want to protect their money. So that's why people yeah. like uh, Nancy Pelosi and Gavin Newsom and Dianne Feinstein and Andrew Cuomo and all these shitty fucking Republicans who don't have a problem with gay people get elected to the highest offices in the state because that's really who the majority of the people in those states are. So, uh, you know, I, I've given up on trying uh, yeah, I'm trying to figure out what the fuck is wrong with, with my home state or with California. Um, it's just too many rich people there. Wrong. There's too many rich people there who can yeah. control how the states run their, their elections and make sure that, yeah, you know, to, to vote in the primary, you got to be registered six months prior. So everyone who's a student or go surfing every day, like you can make it as difficult as possible for them. So they're like, oh yeah, I'm totally going to vote for Bernie. Oh, what did you think to, to sign up to vote for Bernie six months ago? No, bro, I forgot about that. Well, you're not going to be voting then. Sorry. Have fun surfing. You know, it's just, that's what they do. And then, yeah. And I'm, and I'm moving to Connecticut or I'm, I live in Connecticut now, but I'm going to change my residence to Connecticut. And the fucking governor of Connecticut is even worse than Cuomo. This guy, Ned Lamont is a fucking neoliberal nightmare. Like his big thing was that he, he, you know, they're, they're, they're talking about taxation or, or taxes on, on highway creating tolls. And he said it during his campaign, he wouldn't do it. 
And now he's proposing a toll every mile of interstate, essentially. So there's, there's going to be a toll every mile of Interstate 84. I'd actually support that. And it's that. like, this is... <laughs> I, but no, but you know what, dude? It's I know you don't like cars, but that's regressive taxation. That 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 uh, that um, disproportionately affects lower income people versus just saying, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, actually raise taxes on the wealthiest residents and corporations in my state and all the health insurance companies that are based in. Well, if you look at the way highways are actually already funded, it's, it's already that way. It's just, we don't see where that comes from. It's already uh, the, the people that have to pay for the freeways themselves. Are, it is the, some of the most aggressive tax. And it's why, you know, cities like Detroit are nothing but freeways and the city itself has to pay for them. But nobody in the city drives in the freeways. It's people in the suburbs that actually use it and they don't pay for them. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, uh, Detroit's the only city without a regional mass transit because they can't afford anything because they're constantly paying to repair these fucking freeways that the people in the suburbs get to use. So the way, the way we find it's already extremely regressive. Um, if anything, at least yeah. with the tolls, people in the suburbs have to pay for them to drive on. I don't know. I, I, it just, he, he seems to do everything possible to not piss off any of his fucking mega donors, which, you know, of course the health insurance industry, the fucking transportation construction lobby. It's like, it's all shit to fucking, you know, it's yeah i'm just not a fan oh yeah well and (laughs) usually if the institute tolls it means they're about to build a shitload more freeways which in the year 2019 in in the you know we're entering the worst climate crisis even it's worse every year there should not be a single mile of new freeway built in this country all of that money should go to high-speed rail and public transportation yeah and there's of course none of that shit being discussed public transport in connecticut is awful i mean the buses are fucking horrible there's no uh rail sir there's almost no rail service whatsoever i mean there's the metro north which is basically a new york based train that's what most people from westchester county take into uh, manhattan i think only runs up to like new haven which is kind of right on the new york line and it's like Mm. there's no uh cross state train it's like yeah the the whole fucking state well that's where people think california is a leader on shit like that and i live in sacramento the capital literally like you know five blocks from the capital Mm-hmm. And to go to San Francisco, which is just a little over two hours away, mm-hmm. cost me 50 bucks round trip. On and, a train? And I have to take a train to BART. Jesus so I have to do a train Christ. to a tran, you know, public transit thing. So uh, Wait, how many miles away? I mean, we're talking under 200, you know. That's fucking awesome. Sure, and, and Caltran wants to spend, like, what, tens of billions of dollars more to widen freeways. But they won't put that money into better public transit. Caltrain is probably the most pro-climate change, pro-global warming uh, transit organization in the nation. Didn't they just cancel? They had high speed ra- high speed rail pa- planned, and Newsom like canceled it essentially. Basically, yeah. I mean, that's basically what happened. <laughs> they were going to put high speed rail. I think, but what was it between San Francisco and L.A.? Or it was like it was basically like a cross state high speed rail. Right. Essentially. I, I don't know all the details, honestly, but he and he basically was like, oh, well, we just can't afford it. They, you know, richest, richest state in the fucking country, the sixth largest economy in the world can't afford it. Yeah. I mean, I think they're going to revisit <laughs> it kind of thing, but the the cost ex- estimations were off and I don't know I, who fucking knows. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. 
I'm sure he got fucking his wheels greased by, you know, the, the highways. Yeah. Or, well, it was Willie Brown's Absolutely. Deal. The fossil fuel lobbyists, the auto industry lobbyists, they don't want any competitors, right? Airlines don't want competitors, right? So that that's there. But it's I, the thing with, you know, you build rail, right? It is expensive. You build high speed rail. It is expensive. But you only have to build it once. Once you build it, it's very low maintenance, whereas freeways, you have to rebuild them every 15 years. It's a constant, huge money suck, right? So it's not just the construction of the rail. If you build high-speed rail from, say, San Diego to LA to San Francisco and maybe even all the way further north, you have to purchase the right-of-way, right? You got to purchase the land that it cuts through. And a lot of landowners don't want a train running through their fucking vineyard, so they're going to hold out for a long time so it could take forever you got to go around a big area that doesn't want to sell i understand that it costs money we're the richest nation in the fucking planet in the fucking history of the planet there's no reason this should not be done yeah much poorer countries managed to do it way better than we have so there's no reason we fucking can't do it um but you know we, we live in a neoliberal fucking hellscape so uh you know, hopefully, hopefully Bernie wins and really starts pushing for these things on a national level. All right. I've been elected. No more airplanes. We're done flying. (laughs) Surprise, motherfuckers. I said I wasn't going to do it, uh, but I lied. And uh, yeah, no more airplanes. I don't care. I don't care if you have to go to fucking Hawaii. I went to Russia on my honeymoon. You can, you can take a fucking boat. I mean, you know, all of you flight attendants are now train conductors. You get to have pockets now <laughs> and actually not lose your passports because you're allowed to have pockets that are not just ornamental. You're welcome. I'm not going to make you wear those little pencil skirts anymore either because I understand <laughs> that's a sexist so that's, holdover from the 50s. I get, I get calls from flight attendants all the time who've lost their passports because they have to have them with them all the time and they're constantly traveling every single day. And they, they're not allowed right, to have yeah. fucking pockets that you can actually put anything in. Right. So they lose their passports constantly. Yes, exactly. I was talking to this woman. She's like, yeah, I lost my passport like three times in the last five years. I'm like, because you have to have it all the time. She's like, yes. I'm like, and you're not allowed to have pockets. She's like, how do you know this? I'm like, because it's fucking flown before and I see the outfits you have to wear. Why don't they have pockets? That's preposterous. Because they don't, they want people to look form fitting and, you know, have, I mean, you see the people that are flight attendants. It's like the, yeah, you yeah. know they they want them to. Look they they like, hire for they hire for type for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, they want people that look like they they could work at a hotel in Vegas, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole airline industry is fucking awful. Like every like all of their business practices are just just obscene. And and yeah, and the fact <laughs> and again, uh, we have Bill Clinton to thank for that because he deregulated the airline industry and let them, you know, condense to like four fucking major airlines from the thirty we used to have, much like the telecoms industry. Yeah. Um, but again, as you know, we mentioned, we live in a neoliberal hellscape. So, uh, on that cheery note, I guess. Um, yeah we should uh get out of here but uh what uh peter do you want to plug anything what's your uh, your website or the 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 new website you have going yeah so i got uh douche leaks is up and running it's sort of a uh, combination of WikiLeaks and a real newspaper kind of thing uh it's only a couple weeks in but it's about halfway to what it'll it'll become you figured out how to actually publish things publicly now on it. I noticed that before last time we talked to you, you weren't sure how to actually make the things you wrote up here on the website. <laughs> so yeah, well, success, I success. mean, I had, yeah, definite learning curve. I'm not a web guy. So 
but yeah. uh, I got most of the bugs fixed fixed and I, uh, I like the now. um I like the the Marcos poll that you put up there that uh, uh apparently everyone everyone was on there except for Bernie because he was too cowardly to show up for the poll um but I, I don't know who this <laughs> other person was in the poll who got like 45 percent but they could totally crush Bernie right <laughs> yeah so he's gonna do it yeah. Marcos does a, a pretty much stupid poll every week but that's the whole point of it well, it, it, you you know why though? I it, it's so funny because he actually gets invited on MSNBC when there's a poll that doesn't show Bernie in the lead. Like he for the first go around where he did this before he like opened up polling to everybody or like had like some kind of a democratic polling system where it was just like the Daily Coast email list, which are a bunch of fucking you know CIA worshippers. It was like. Bernie was like third in the poll and they had him on MSNBC to talk about it. So he's furious every time we fuck up a poll for him because we're costing him a, an appearance on MSNBC. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, I, re- I think that's really what it is, why he keeps running him. Cause he's like, one of these days they're not going to realize I'm doing it and I'm going to get it in right before they finish it. And then I'm going to be able to go on MSNBC and talk about how Bernie's tanking the polls, but they never fucking have him on when Bernie wins all of his polls. No, as soon as we took over the polls, they ended his career on MSNBC. It's, it's fucking hilarious. It's so funny. I I love just knowing that he's sitting there like fuming every single fuck. They found this one too. God, he's like it. calling his how handlers at the CIA, and they won't take his calls anymore because they're like, "Look, dude, if you don't know how to rig a fucking poll, you didn't learn what we taught you here at CIA." Right. He's gonna be like landlines only from now on. You can only vote in right. this poll if you call from a landline. <laughs> leave a Rotary message. Phone call, everybody. Leave a message. Everybody would like go visit their parents for the night just to vote and fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I totally would. I would totally go to somebody's house with a landline just to fucking. You're like, you're like Googling where the know. nearest payphone is. <laughs> <laughs> 70 miles away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's a, a, a quick bike ride. A quick bike ride. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, yep. So that's what, that's what Peter's got going on. Uh, if you want to, uh, support this show you can rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts that helps us uh get heard helps us rise in the uh, rankings on on there uh if you want to follow us on soundcloud you can do that at soundcloud.com slash move left uh obviously share the show out on all your social media feeds that helps us get heard also uh we are on facebook at facebook.com slash move left idiots uh we are on patreon if you want to support the show that way patreon.com slash move left we have merch as well if you want to pick up some uh, shirts and things of that nature that's uh tinyurl.com slash move left merch we have our i, we, I gotta like pre-record these this is a million fucking plugs we have our game of thrones podcast uh which we're doing every monday night uh for the next few weeks while uh, we still have game of thrones in our lives uh so we yep, put that up more episodes that goes up yeah on we did a recap and then we reviewed the last two and it was a lot of fun um so if you like yeah. game of thrones you like left-wing politics we try to combine those two in a way that's uh, mildly entertaining yeah and that's in our regular feed so if you follow us on apple podcast or on soundcloud you'll find those episodes you know in, in chronological order uh so check that out and uh share that out left of the thrones name of the show uh and we're having a lot of fun doing that we talked for like two and a half hours i think last oh episode God. and i'm sure this episode is gonna be even more uh because it's an hour and a half battle so we're gonna have a lot of shit to talk about i'm sure we'll um, see yeah i mean i feel like with a battle there's less to kind of uh dissect as there would be with a show yeah. that's more nuanced and weighted and there's gonna be lulls though i there's gotta be i'm sure there's gonna be like 
expository things happening. Mm-hmm. It won't just be like blood and guts for an hour and a half. Yeah, we'll see. Should be fun. We'll see. Should but... be fun. So, uh, Pat, are you uh, are you around uh, next Monday at all? Uh, probably not for some Game of Thrones stuff. You guys are way way ahead of me on that stuff. <laughs> I, I can't even enter the world really. No, no. It's right, a lot well. of place names and, and name names, people's names, character names to remember. Um, and I, I had a hard time with that a lot. And that's why it was first a hard show for me to get into because I was just like, who the fuck are they talking about now? Like, but once you're in, yeah, you're in. No, you're in for life. Um, married to the mob. I'll, I'll consider yeah. it down the road, but I'm not ready yet. <laughs> let me get, let me get right. queued up. Well, for the finale, we'll do a finale extravaganza. We'll bring in as many Game of Thrones fans as we can. And we'll, uh, I'll be yeah, color we'll commentary if you need sure. white as a color. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I think I plugged everything. Uh, obviously. Oh, and I'll, <laughs> most important thing, of course. I'm on Twitter at uh, move underscore left. Uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, smut collector. <laughs> is that your new name i think so uh spelt with an er at the end because I, I was uh not thinking how you actually spell the word collector at the time oh, but nice. whatever excellent Who cares? i'll change uh, it another week Who knows? is that why you is that why is that why you wrote dolphin respector with the with with or instead of i ER think i was trying to be pithy your... and i was like smut collector dolphin respector i'm a well-rounded guy but you spelled respecter wrong on here also <laughs> with the OR instead of the ER. I, I will not fucking Midwestern. We move all, all everyone in the Midwest tries to make every vowel into a long A. That's just what we do. That's just that is our, you know, that's that's our that's our vowels. We have one vowel. Yes. <laughs> and uh Peter, what uh, where can people find you? Uh Twitter? silly rabbit. S-I-L-E Rabbit. And uh, you're, are you still considering what your your name is going to be changed to? Your display name now that Peter Dow is unblocked. You? Yeah, I got to do something with that. Uh, so I, like I said, out of the spirit of goodwill, I'm going to hang up the characters, as far as Twitter goes, at least. But uh, I might just be douche. I might actually take on a, a role of another terrible pundit. We'll see. I, I got to think about it. I, I voted for Nira Tandon in your poll. So I, I know there's a bunch of parody accounts already of Nira Tandon, but that's. <laughs> I think still the richest, richest area to mine. If, if yeah. Peter Dow uh, turns out really just to be grifting and he pivots at the last minute to gain credibility and then turn on Bernie and then, you know, endorse Warren I'm right Kamala, back in. Yeah, you got to bring him back. You got to, I'm, I'm going to say it's inevitable. You know, this, this is, I don't trust him basically, but yeah. if he does that, you got to, you got to go back after you know, like dig the knives in, go after his wife of color, do all that shit again. Right. Definitely. I, that's the plan. I yeah. mean, if there's any fuckery again, I'm right back, but good. I'm going to find another target probably for a while. Yeah. Um, great. So uh, we will see everybody next week.
There's insanity in the control room tonight.